You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're just showing your patriotism. I am. America. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we are going to take a look at week eight in the National Football League from fantasy football starts sit to Matthew Fox's favorite games of the week to some bets that I like to some DFS plays and then we top it off with a little bit of the movie corner as always joined by my partner here Mr. Matthew Fox how are you today sir doing all right you know it's been a little chilly here and I have some sinus stuff going on, still in the midst of a, a remodel, but I, it's far enough along that I can return to my blank void for recording. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I never thought your remodel was ever going to get done. Um, I feel like... It's not maybe, done. Well, like, I mean, you wouldn't see the progress. I, the, uh, you're right. You're not done yet. The progress of which where you're at right now let me let me let me rephrase that uh uh you know let me rephrase that word for you you know what i mean like but yeah i didn't think that we would be here um the sea to see this side of the world from you ever again but um before we dive into uh some of our favorite plays we do have the old Packers and Cardinals on the schedule tonight. It's going to be interesting to see because the Packers are uh, rolling out, well, I think Sterling Sharp, um, you know, Greg Jennings is coming out of retirement, like Donald Driver's coming back. I feel like they don't have a single receiver playing tonight. Um, well, any more COVID injuries, and they may ask you if you can hop a plane. Hey, you know, I might be able to get, you know, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's made look made a lot worse look better. So I feel like I've got an opportunity to at least catch one or two balls. I'm going to ask him to not, you know, I can't go across the middle. I'm too old to take those hits, man. One of those hits, I might be out for the rest of my life. So not really feeling good about it. The line for the Knights plus six and a half, the Packers. A lot of people love the Packers line at plus six and a half. I'm staying away from this game completely because Honestly, would it surprise me if Aaron Rodgers wins this game? No. Would it surprise me if the Cardinals blow out the Packers? Also, no. So I really just don't want any part of this game. That's uh, a man who's confident in the outcome. I I just really – I just don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And that scares me more than anything across the board. So any quick thoughts on tonight's game for you? 
Yeah, well, hopefully MVS will get activated from uh, IR, and that'll give him one. If that happens, then he and Randall Cobb are probably decent flex plays um, because they're going to have to throw to somebody. I think this is going to be a big Aaron Jones game because he can not only run but uh, play receiver. Also, uh, in the past, Robert Tanyan has thrived when Devontae Adams has been out. So this might be one of the rare weeks this season where I'm telling you that I think Robert Tanyan's back to being a tight end one. Um, for Arizona, uh, the word came out, J.J. Watt likely done for the year, has to have surgery. That's kind of a, a blow to their defense, um, even if he's not the skill level he once was. The presence and the leadership is a big loss. DeAndre Hopkins banged up is questionable. You know, 70% of DeAndre Hopkins is better than 100% of most of the guys out there. So if he plays, I'm still playing him. But you want to probably moderate expectations. I wouldn't be surprised if they lean on Zach Ertz again uh, this week. Um, He's been in a little bit of a groove. He's a good veteran presence um, trying to go over the middle on that Packers defense. I I think it's going to be a good game. I am actually picking the Packers to win. Yeah, I, are you picking them to win? I like it. I do yeah. think that the loss of 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 um, of of what is going to hurt that team overall. You know what I mean? Like, I really do yeah. feel like it's going to hinder that team, and it's not going to really help them along the way. But to be honest with you, like, I am, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't again. That's why I'm not betting this game. Like, I, I that's why I'm staying away from this game. I have no confidence in this. I still don't believe this Arizona team's as good as they are. Uh, I still have my question marks. Their back end is playing light years better than I think any of us expected them to. They've had some really good corner play, which has helped them up front. You know what I mean? So Chandler Jones, I think Chandler Jones missed last week's game. Or is it the week before? But I think it was last week. Yeah, so he missed. He'll be back. I believe he'll be back this week. So that's good for them. But it's going to be interesting to see what the presence of of the lack of presence of what J.J. Watt does to that defense because like you said he's not as good as he once was but he still demands a presence on the football field and was still wrecking a little bit of havoc so i'm very intrigued by that but with that being said go ahead and break us down the games of the week for you fox takes one from the morning the late window the night game and then of course talks about monday night football and then talks about who he thinks is going to win these football games so give us what you got man yeah, slightly better slate than we had um, last week. There are a couple intriguing morning window games or early window games on Sunday. The one that I'm going to highlight is Pittsburgh Steelers 3-3 three and three, coming off a bye at the Cleveland Browns 4-3. and three. These NFC, AFC North games are always tremendous battles. These two teams are actually chasing the Bengals and the Ravens right now. It's going to be a crucial game. Pittsburgh kind of clawed its way back to 500. Still, you know, no Juju Smith-Schuster. Still some questions about their passing game. The Browns have been totally beat up. They got a nice 10 days off uh, prior to um, this game. Uh, Nick Chubb's projecting to be back. They think Baker Mayfield's actually going to play too. I don't know if... I don't know if that's a great idea, but I think whether it's him or Case Keenum, if they can get Chubb back and they can get Dearness Johnson running strong, they have a good chance to win. I actually think Cleveland gets it done at home and stays in the race. I'm not a huge believer in the Steelers right now, despite my love of Najee Harris and my thought that Deontay Johnson is probably a top 12 wide receiver. The late window game on Sunday is an NFC South battle, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 6-1. 
you know, they had one hiccup against the Rams in Los Angeles, but otherwise they've been rolling, 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 despite uh, massive amounts of injuries to the back end of that defense. The New Orleans Saints are surprising four and two. It looks like they have a chance to be activating Michael Thomas off pup, which means that in consecutive weeks, they would have gotten Traquan Smith and potentially Michael Thomas back. They also traded for Mark Ingram to repair him with Alvin Kamara to give them a little thunder lightning. Their defense has played really well this season. The offense has been inconsistent and erratic, but if they can start getting some of these pieces back, they would be poised for a playoff run. I don't think it happens here. I still think Tom Brady is too much. Antonio Brown not tracking the play, but it looks like we may get Rob Gronkowski back. I'm going to be honest it doesn't matter the Buccaneers were loaded at all of the positions they can suffer one or two guys being out in a week and still be just fine they still are going to have Godwin Evans Leonard Fournette um, still going to be a pretty probably a pretty good fantasy day and Tom Brady I mean he he looks like mid-30s Tom Brady still Sunday night game, another good one. Two teams coming off of a bye week. The Dallas Cowboys, 5-1. and one. They've been red hot. They are on track to get Michael Gallup back, which just gives them one more passing weapon at the Vikings. Vikings have clawed their way back to 3-3. Three and three. Dalvin Cook said the bye hit just the right time uh, to boost him up and get him fully healthy. Probably a bad sign for Dallas, but a good thing for Minnesota. Minnesota is by no means out of the playoff race, and they have a lot of veterans that would probably like to get there. I think this has potential to be a fun and explosive offensive game. It will also be interesting to see if Trayvon Diggs can keep that interception streak going. He had at least one in each of the first six games the Cowboys played. Uh, I I like this one. I think the Cowboys gave them a chance to get a little healthy. Dak had gotten dinged up a little. Elliott had gotten dinged up. Cooper was still trying to rehab that ankle. Both these teams come in fresh off of a bye. I expect this to be a fun Sunday night game. Monday night, all I can say is maybe you can fire up the Manning Brothers broadcast, get a few jokes, get a few stories. Uh, we have Eli's old team, the Giants, who are 2-5. and five. It's always an open question about whether they're going to give Daniel Jones any receivers. No question that Daniel Jones will be blamed entirely for every loss they have, regardless of how he plays. I mean, the dude was out there running, catching a freaking pass of the year last year, throwing the ball to Dante Pettis and making him look like a professional NFL receiver. Gets no respect. Chiefs really need a get-right game. Uh they're three and four. They got blown out by the Titans last week. They're in last place in the AFC West. Um, probably not what Chiefs fans were expecting of a team that's been in three straight AFC championship games. I think they'll probably get a win here. But every time we think the Chiefs are about to cruise to an easy victory, they seem to find a way to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. So I guess we'll just... Uh, hang hang loose hopefully Patrick Mahomes uh, does better than last week I still have him as QB2 uh, this week but you know when you're looking for a Monday night miracle and you see those Chiefs on there do you think you're going to get it if you roll out and get like a collective 15 points from him and Hill and Kelsey that probably won't get it done yeah so for me I'll transition to my bets in just a second. I'll throw the throw the loop off first just a, a little bit, but I I am not betting on the Chiefs for for a to be determined uh, lengthy period of time because I've 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 been rather heavy on these guys over the last couple weeks and and I just I'm kind of tired of well a I'm tired of losing money because of them <laughs> that that's. 
that's where it starts. But every week, like you said, every week, I'm like, this is the week that you're going to take it over. You know what I mean? Like this week, I had him on my bets. You know what I mean? Last week's bets were Eagles over three and a half points in the first quarter. Looked good. Came out the gate, scored seven points, got on the board. They 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 won the bet, and then I'll, they just they didn't score again until the fourth quarter. So my plus five and a half didn't hit. My Colt my Colts plus five and a half was a monster. Smash that Colts 49, oh, 49ers over forty four. I hit that as well. Burrow over one and a half touchdowns. I hit that. Tannehill over the one interception. I hit that as well. And then of course the Chiefs let me down last week. I was five and two. I'm starting to I'm starting to get in the groove here. I feel like I'm getting in a little bit of a groove. I'm I'm kind of digging it a whole lot. Um, obviously, I'm digging it a whole lot because it means I'm winning money, and I'm also hopefully winning other people money. But with that being said, I um, my bets this week I've got I've got actually seven plays for you guys this week. So I went a little bit more. Uh, you know, I might go might be going crazy, but you know it is what it is. But I got a few few bets for you guys. I like the Steelers plus four and a half. <clears throat> I might not like the Steelers to win the game, but these games are always close. Um, the Steelers have won seven out of their last eight games in the month of October, and the Browns have failed to cover the spread against the AFC North eight out of their last nine games. I think this is a field goal, field goal game no matter which way you look at it. Uh, I do think the Steelers might pull this off. I, I really like their defense a little bit more. I just don't believe in that quarterback that can't throw the ball more than five yards. But um, as far as my other game, I love the Cowboys line at minus two and a half. I was, I smashed that line. Some sites have it down to one and a half, which I feel like is a steal. I really do. This Vikings team does this every year. They play better than anybody expects them to play. And then they just kind of, you know, randomly get in the playoffs and then randomly lose a game. And it's like, oh, we forgot about them all over again. But the Vikings have failed to cover the spread in six of the last seven games at home. And the Cowboys are coming in hot off the bye and winning five straight after losing. Everybody seems to forget their loss, the only losses, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on opening night, which they probably should have won that game. But I really like the Cowboys in this game. I really do think they do some damage. My other bet is Dolphins and Bills over 49 and a half. The Dolphins are averaging 22 points a game over the last five weeks. I do think a lot of their points are stemming from some garbage time uh, areas, but it doesn't really matter how the points are scored. It just matters the points are scored. And the Bills are averaging 37.4 over the last five. I do think that this game might not be close. But I, I think it might be a blowout. But 49 points seems very logical. I do think when the Bills are connecting on every cylinder, and I do think they're coming off that bye as well, which they're also coming off that loss, which was a little bit of a rough one for them. Five of the last six games, the Bills and Dolphins have hit the over. With that being said, I like the bet. It's, a, it's minus 165. Dolphins over one and a half touchdowns scored in the game. Um, with that being said, obviously that correlates very well for me because 49, I haven't hit the 49 and a half over, I believe it does hit. So them scoring over one and a half touchdowns is a nice juicy little bet. I like the jets over one and a half touchdowns. I understand they don't have a quarterback. They do have January Joe coming in there. I think to play this week, but I still think they get over the two touchdowns. Um, it is Cincinnati. I like Cincinnati. I like what they're doing. I still, they're, they're in the same boat with me as Arizona. Arizona's got a little bit more uh, 
depth to them. They've got a little bit better of a back end, but Cincinnati, man, they put a shellac in on the Ravens. I didn't see that one come in one bit, but honestly, it surprised me, and I love to see it. I love Joe Burrow. I've loved Joe Burrow. I was the, I was the president of the Joe Burrow fan club when he was in college, so it's, it's nice to see them, and also nice to see that front office take stock in what their quarterback said in saying, please draft me Jamar Chase when – Mostly, mostly 99% of the community was like draft that offensive lineman who has struggled. Sue has struggled up there in Detroit, but I mean, everybody's struggling in Detroit. Last two plays for you guys. I like the Bears over one and a half touchdowns. I don't think the Bears ever will score touchdowns. I, I, it's just, it's a thing. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their field's like. I don't know what they're consisting of consistently sending out there each and every week. Matt Nagy should be fired, but the Bears aren't to, uh, a typical franchise that will fire a coach in the midseason, so that's why I think that he still has a job. I don't think Nagy's going to be on the field this week because he tested positive for COVID, so I don't think he's going to be out there on the football field. Probably a good thing. Um, so we might see a little bit of a breakout for the Bears. I, I, I don't hate the Bears in that game either. I don't hate the Bears – potentially winning that football game. I, I know it's not exactly the sexiest uh, the sexiest bet per se, but the 49ers have not looked good this year. And I don't know if that's going to change at all. And my last bet for the week is Sam Darnold over one and a half touchdown passes. This team has looked terrible after starting hot. Fox and I were on the show very early on. That's, we're very optimistic about the start of the Panthers. And I do think that people underestimate how much CMC does for that offense. Um, the, the points per game, it helps Sam Darnold. And it's not all on Sam Darnold. He is making some bonehead mistakes, but CMC is a is one of those guys, right? You take him off of a team and we saw what happened. I feel like we see what happened with him if you took Derrick Henry off the Titans. You know what I mean? I think CMC is probably the best complete back in football. And I just really do. And he's not able to stay healthy the last two years. He's been on and off the football field. Hopefully he's back on there soon. But with that being said, the Panthers are playing in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's defense isn't good either. You saw what Tua, Tua went out there and looked like Dan Marino in the second half. So I think the over on the one and a half touchdown uh, touchdown passes is at plus 115. You're getting, some, you're getting some juice on that dollar there. So I like that as well. So those are the seven plays. I'll recap like I do each and every week. Next week, uh, we've been I've been on a little bit of a heater, so hopefully it continues. But those are some of the guys that I like. Any of those bets that really kind of speak out to you, Fox? Oh, when we get to my sit starts, you and I are on opposite uh, page for Sam Darnold. I just I I just don't think that honestly. I just I just don't think that the um, the Falcons defense isn't good, and, and I and that's just that's just. And I don't know if Sam Darnold is playing really good right now either. I just I just really feel like that two touchdowns isn't much to ask against a defense that's not very good. So with that being said, go ahead and kick us off with your uh, starts for week uh, eight. Yeah, so my starts for week eight uh, at quarterback, I'm going with uh, Daniel Jones. They get the Chiefs defense, which has not been good. Daniel Jones is actually QB 16 on the season, and that's been despite having a lot of his weapons missing. They're tracking toward having Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Toney back this week. Uh, no matter how you feel about those guys, I think we'd all agree they might be a step up over Dante Pettis. Um, you know, still no Barkley, but Daniel Jones has, has tried to – 
do his best um, to, to bridge that gap. And I think he can get into the top 12 playing a Chiefs uh, defense this week. Um, running back, I like Khalil Herbert. Uh, he was really good uh, his first week splitting time with Damian Williams, and then he's been really great the last two weeks. He had over 100 yards rushing against a stout Tampa Bay front last week, despite the fact that his quarterback was a one-man turnover machine. I don't think they're going back to Damian Williams leading that committee. I think it's Herbert's job while David Montgomery is gone, and it's fair to wonder what uh, percentage of the snaps Herbert's going to take even when Montgomery comes back. He's been really good. I think he finishes at least in the RB2 range this week, Um, so he's a start for me. A.J. Brown, we were worried after a while. It seemed like he and the Titans' pass offense had been left for dead. He's starting to heat up. Maybe food poisoning was the best thing that could have ever happened to him. He looked really good torching the Chiefs last week. I do not think the Colts' back-end defense is that impressive. I think this is going to be more of an up-tempo game. I expect him to be up in wide receiver one territory again. My tight end start, Kyle Pitts, another guy got off to a little bit of a slow start. I was one of the people that thought Calvin Ridley had the potential to be the wide receiver one for 2021 but it looks like the big explosive plays are all going to pits he's had two games over 100 yards in a row carolina's defense is probably stronger on the outside at corner than it is up the middle i think that's a good sign for pits and i think he keeps it rolling ridley has turned into more of a possession receiver i've started to moderate expectations down to being more of a wide receiver two range for him i think pits is probably the one that's going to have the more explosive plays because we've seen ridley his longest play the entire year is 22 yards it's just a different Pitts is playing the explosive role to Ridley playing the possession receiver the almost the same way we saw Julio Jones being kind of the main position, possession guy while Ridley was the over-the-top game breaker in the past. So a little bit of a flip there. Uh, I like Kyle Pitts. I have him as tight end three for the week. Yeah, I, I am on the same wavelength with uh, one of those plays with you, and I'll go over that in just a second. One of the guys that I like this week is uh, Carson Wentz. Big fan on Carson Wentz. And let me remind you at home there, I am I base my start sits off of DFS where Matthew fought. And I, I mean, also, I don't mind starting some of these guys in regular fantasy football as well, but I'm going to give you some dollar amounts here. Uh, Carson Wentz is 5700 on DraftKings this week, which is a very cheap price for a guy that's producing 17, 26, 17, and 21 points over his last couple of games. Um, I think that he's an easy play this week. The Titans back end is not that good. I just feel like that, that A, we're, we're due for a Titan setback. I'm waiting for it. But I also feel like the secondary is just not good. They're not good. And I feel like they did the right thing by blasting the Chiefs in the mouth last week and then just kind of letting the, the rest of their offense kind of set the tone. And they just couldn't cover A.J. Brown. Like, I, they just could not cover A.J. Brown. He looked unstoppable last week. I love what we saw out of him. I'm on the same page with you with Khalil uh, Herbert. Um, there was some concern with him not playing with uh, Damian Williams playing last week, like you said, and he just was not existent. Like he just did not exist um, in a game where they lost 38 to three. He still put up the hundred yards, which is that's, that's impressive enough for me. Um, for those of you at home that, that have the, uh, the hundred yard bonus, he, he clipped it just a little bit, just over it. One of the things that I did love the most about that game was he did see some passing, passing catches as well. He caught five balls. That's one of the things that I loved about it as well. Um, you you got to have the multifaceted running backs. But, I mean, in a week where running backs – running backs are awful this year, in my opinion. They're just, they're just not good right now. Right receiver start of the week for me is Deontay Johnson. 
Um, dude's a stud, like especially on fantasy or on DraftKings, he's sixty-seven hundred bucks. I mean, looking at a guy that's that's got you know 18, 15, 24, 22, 14 when it comes to points in fantasy, it's not as much as you would love for his price this week. But you're talking about a guy that's getting double-digit targets in every single game. Now, the one game he didn't have a double-digit target was against Denver, but he had two catches for 72 yards and a touchdown in that game. So he, he ended up just fine. I love Deontay Johnson. The Browns, I I just I don't buy the Browns. I don't. I, I just don't. I I've, I've been bullish, uh, optimistic on the Browns from day one. They could prove me wrong again, and I wouldn't mind it. Um, last guy, the tight end that I didn't want to love in New England. I'm going back to that well again. Um, that's Hunter Henry. The wrong tight end keeps breaking out. I mean, it's breaking my heart each and every week. But this guy's found the end zone four straight weeks, and tight ends are are not easy to come by right now. Um, with injuries, with just inconsistent play. Henry's got, you know, 10 plus points in four straight games. He's averaging around, you know, four or five targets a game, which you can't, you can't ask for more from a tight end right now. You really can't. And, and his value on DraftKings is 4,200. Um, the, the Chargers can be passed on. They can. And, you know, it's just at the end of the day, they can. And it seems to be that Henry is being looked at in the red zone. And that's the most important part of trying to find yourself a tight end. So, and he's only 4,200 bucks. I mean, between these guys, you're looking at, you know, that that's 57, 54, 67, obviously Deontay Johnson being that big price up, but some of these guys let you plug in some of these other more expensive guys. But on the flip side of that, um, my sit guys of the week, the guys that I don't like this week, I don't like Teddy Bridgewater. His price is cheap. I'd rather pay for cars. Just in general. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that either. Um, I've seen some people that really kind of like Teddy B this week. I'm not a big fan uh, of him this week. I really just don't feel like it's going to happen. Miles Gaskins, $5,600. I mean, you literally couldn't get Khalil Herbert for $5,400. Miles Gaskins, don't get me wrong. Miles Gaskins will probably go out here, rush for 250 yards and six touchdowns this week after not seeing the ball again, you know, much less. I don't know what they're doing. Not against Buffalo. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just – sarcastically putting it out there because no. when I say when I say Gaskin should be on the on the sit chart he goes out there and normally breaks out well, so that, that was when I said to sit Gaskin he had 10 receptions for 74 yards and two touchdowns and I was like did you just literally flip me off every time you got yeah. the ball or it, it blew my mind it's insane kind of what's transpiring with that entire offense I, I really just don't understand what is going on um T Higgins He's been consistent enough, consistent enough. But this week they play the Jets. I really feel like this is a game where we're going to see how good the Bengals are. Okay. And I know you're like, oh, but they're playing the Jets. Yeah, but they need to get the job done, right? I They need to beat the Jets by 20. You know what I mean? I really feel that way. They need to go out there and tear the mouth off the Jets. Should they? Yes. Will they is the real question. Because you have a, you have a team like Tennessee went out there. And, and crap the bet against the Jets, and then they go out back-to-back weeks and beat Buffalo and Kansas City. But you've got to get the job done no matter what you are doing. Um, and my and the, guy, the tight end I don't really like. He is cheap this week, and I know he's been a little bit more consistent over the last few weeks. But at $4,500, you have Taylor Higby. They're playing the Texans, and I know they throw the ball no matter what, how many points they got on the football field. I just don't love this matchup. He did have eight targets last week against Detroit. I just felt like Stafford was a little bit more of a man on the mission last week than he, not that he's not every week, but 
playing his old team, I feel like he was a little bit more of a man on the mission. I don't see him getting around. And he's only got – he's averaging 9.6, 8.6, 9.4 of the last three. It's not great. He might be touchdown dependent. But, again, if I compare his 4,500 versus Hunter Henry's 4,200, give me Hunter Henry every day of the week. So those are my sits for the week. What about you, Mr. Fox? Yeah, and to go back to your starts for a minute, uh, low-key underrated uh, Hunter Henry. It's a little bit of a revenge game coming back to the team he played for with Johnny Smith banged up. And I looked it up, Khalil Herbert, the last three weeks, which is the only weeks that they've allowed him to touch the ball, he is RB13 for weeks five to seven. So definitely a guy worth putting in there. Gaskin does not have anywhere close to Yeah, and I love that. Like he went from zero catches – to two catches to five catches this week. So he's getting those passing down catches as well, which is very, very important too. So my sits this week, my quarterback sit is Sam Darnold. Um, You know, I was hoping the change of scenery would do good things and he looked good early, but he is turning the ball over so much and struggling so much. Uh, You know, last week should have been a get right game against the Giants defense that isn't that great. And he only put up three points, ended up getting benched for PJ Walker. It's been rumored they're looking at quarterback options. Um, You know, maybe the benching will light him on fire and he will catch back up and that'll be great. I think that's part of what Ricky's betting on this week. It's not a terrible matchup. I just don't have any confidence that Sam Darnold has any confidence. He looked an awful lot like the guy that said he was seeing ghosts when he was with the Jets. Uh, my running back sit, Mike Davis. This was one of the most interesting signings this offseason. It seemed like there was absolutely no competition in Atlanta. And uh, Arthur Smith said, For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hold my beer. I've got Cordero Patterson. Matthew Berry said he was going to be the guy in 2008, and I want to make that happen. So uh, Cordero Patterson is borderline RB1, and Mike Davis looks like he's uh, maybe a glorified handcuff. Last week was brutal, only 10 yards on four carries. He actually seems to be seeing his role in the offense phase down. Wide receiver sit is Jerry Judy. It's not a bad matchup going against Washington. A lot of people are bullish that now that Judy's back, he's going to be a wide receiver one. I don't think uh, that Denver focuses enough on a single receiver to make that happen. They spread the ball around. They have two or three receivers they're going to use. I actually think it could be a big game for Fant because Washington has really brutally struggled uh, with tight ends over the middle. I also think they want to run the ball. And like Ricky, I'm not entirely bullish on – Teddy Bridgewater or this team putting up Patrick Mahomes like passing numbers against Washington. I think Judy is a fine play if you're looking for a flex wide receiver three. If you think you're getting a top tier, top 24 wide receiver, I don't see it happening. And then my tight end sit is Evan Ingram. Even when the Giants have had zero receiving options last week, they were down to Dante Pettis and John Ross as receivers. Evan Ingram still can't manage to get used. They still have Kyle Rudolph, who gets more red zone looks than Ingram. You know, people are hoping that maybe the Giants are going to try to prop up 
Ingram's trade value. I think he has zero trade value. I don't think they're saying anything to prop up. I do not trust him. I I wouldn't be surprised if he isn't even top 25, but he's certainly not going to be top 12 in my opinion. Yeah, he's – don't get me wrong. I feel like if you if you introduce him to a new system, there's, there's a strong possibility that maybe he does do something. You know what I mean? I, 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 I can believe that. You know what I mean? I can believe yeah. in the fact that he can go somewhere and be something. I just, I just don't see it with the definitely with the quarterback they have there, and I just I don't foresee them be, being able to utilize the strengths of weapons that they do have there. And I understand the big thing is they haven't been very healthy. That offensive line is atrocious, and Daniel Jones has played a lot better than expected, but he's kind of come back down to reality a little bit as well after the first couple of weeks where he was probably the best quarterback in fantasy football, but. With that being said, I, I'm 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 interested to to hear your thoughts on this. So, over the last couple of weeks, obviously we've seen a lot of of debate back and forth about certain quarterbacks. Have we? Has the fantasy community really forgotten to blur the line out of what a good quarterback versus what a good fantasy quarterback is? Obviously, I'm talking about Jalen Hurts. You know what I mean? Like, we we appreciate garbage time points, but people seem to forget, especially like dynasty values. I don't see a whole lot of dynasty value in Jalen Hurts, while other people are like, I think that he's whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's kind of the question. I mean, the, the Eagles haven't been great as a team, and we haven't really seen him – maybe come up in those big moments. The fair thing that was pointed out is you're talking about a guy who still has only had 11 career starts and maybe doesn't have the most talented team around him. Some of the things that perhaps we forgave about the way quarterback was played by Lamar Jackson because the Ravens were winning people are less forgiving of Hurts because the Eagles haven't been successful because I think he's three and eight or three and nine as a starter. Uh, But it's not a great team. I wasn't very bullish on the Eagles to begin with. I think Hertz has had a better statistical season than I expected. He's made some okay plays. I don't know. I don't watch enough Philly to know if we're seeing the progression, but I think we've seen for a long time, there is a huge goal for a long. I mean, Blake Bortles probably the perfect example. He was a fantastic fantasy quarterback for a few years there. He was quarterback four one year, quarterback five or six the next year. Jaguars weren't a good team. They had one year where they kind of rose up and surprised make the AFC championship. I didn't think that had a lot to do with Bortles. He was a guy that they had no intention of keeping as a franchise quarterback because of what they saw. And that's where you have to be careful. I think it's a it's probably a pivotal year for Jalen Hurts while they're trying to decide. It's a crucial year for guys like Sam Darnold, uh, Daniel Jones. You know, and you might look at Sam Darnold. He's QB 14 on the year. He's had some decent rushing numbers. But if you're actually watching the games and listening to the coach, who's been very critical, I would say the one thing for Jalen Hurts is I have not heard his coach be as publicly critical of him. Maybe they're recognizing that they don't have a great team or a great infrastructure in place. 
That's the problem with dynasty, you know, for, for redraft, these guys are probably going to be fine this year, but I was urging caution on some of these guys for dynasty because you really don't know what their value is going to be beyond this year. I think it's the same with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater by all accounts is having a career year for himself. I don't think he's a starter in 2022. So while it's fine to have him in a super flex league this year, and he's probably putting up okay numbers for you, that's a sunk value if you're looking to the, you know, if you're building your future on Sam Darnold and Teddy Bridgewater and Daniel Jones, you might have a problem in a few months. Yeah. And I think the thing about it is, is there's a, uh, there's a few factors. What we all, some people, some people seem to forget sometimes is, is this Eagles team is not committed to Jalen Hurts, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they got rid of Wentz, but you know, they, they're going to end up getting a first round pick for Wentz, but you know, with Hertz, there's no obligation to keep this. Like, this regime was not the one that was like draft Jalen. I always thought that the, the drafting of him was a mistake anyway. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I truly don't think that he's a good quarterback. Well, and supposedly in this last draft, if they would have, if they thought that they could get the guy that they wanted, they supposedly wanted Trey Lance or um, Wilson. Yep. If they thought they could get one of those guys, they would have done that instead yep. of what they did. It was just they didn't like like their options. So that's, those are a red flag, you know, Jared yeah. Goff would be another one. He hasn't been horrific, but he's a, he's a placeholder. He's dead, yeah, he's you dead. probably have this year and, and next year. And by then, you know, and even next year could be a transition. Jimmy G the same way, you know, it's quarterbacks, a very fungible position. There's probably only 10 or 12 guys. You can feel rock solid about their future. And at the end of the day, the other thing for me is this draft class in the NFL coming out for quarterbacks is not very good. It's not last year's teams. Like there's some bad quarterbacks. I haven't dove super deep, but I do know the names. And Let's I turn I the franchise my, over to Spencer Rattler. You know, I do know that oh, so he probably won't come out. But uh, but the thing about it is, is these guys. There's not that guy this year, right? There's not that guy. Not that I have seen yet, right? And, and once I dial, dial into the tape a little bit more, I will. But, you know, I've studied the guys that are playing right now for four years now with Stoops when we used to do the Debbie Delight. So I know the names. It's just I don't see the guys that are coming out, you know, ready to go. I got offered DeAndre Hopkins for DJ Moore straight up. What do you guys think? Hopkins all day for me. In redraft, I would do Hopkins, I think, in um... – Dynasty, I'd probably keep more. And one last note as well. If you can, and I'm I'm not speaking to this person's off the field matters, right? You know what I mean? But we live in a very much in a world where fantasy football, that's what we talk about here, right? Mm -hmm. If you can acquire Deshaun Watson, I would do it. And I say this because and, and I feel the same way of why some teams are tinkering with the idea of potentially acquiring him. His value will never be lower ever than it is right now. Okay. Like ever. Right. Because he's got the back, he's got the baggage right now. Right. So once we, once hypothetic, once we get past the baggage will always be there. I understand that what he did. And if he's whatever he did, I'm not talking about that. Football-wise, he will be back on the football field. And when he is, he is one of the best quarterbacks in this league. You know what I mean? He is a top 
10 to 12 quarter. He probably is a, he's a top 10 quarterback in this league. And he did it on a team that didn't always have substantial weapons. So if you look at just a few of the options that have been rumored, Philadelphia. Philadelphia has weapons. Weapons for days. Miami. Miami has weapons for days. I don't feel like we're going to have a lower moment in the world of fantasy football to acquire this quarterback than right now. Yeah. So if you have the opportunity, I feel like – and you can buy low on them. You can. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen them in a couple different leagues. I've been I've been seeking offers. I picked them up in, in a couple different leagues just, just because of the rumors of him possibly getting traded. And they're saying if he gets traded, he's going to play. Well, and the, the other thing I think that we're really going to have to watch this offseason is 2021 draft was quarterback rich, where we had supposedly these sure things that couldn't miss. We've seen all five of them start at some point already this season. And in most cases, it's been more of a work in progress than, you know, I think we saw what a Justin Herbert and a Joe Burrow did, what a Kyler Murray did in the last couple of years. And people thought, well, it's, you know, you get one of these rookie quarterbacks and it's going to be to the moon. Those guys are looking more like special cases. Even a guy that we liked his talent, like Atua, um, struggled a little bit in his rookie year, has not been great. Uh, I know you, but I mean, most people thought he'd at least be a decent pro, even if you didn't like him among, you know, Bruning was all in on Herbert and that's yeah. turned out to be, yeah, me too, to be great. Um, but we haven't seen them be these sure bets. So if you're talking about now going into a draft with prospects that maybe are considered less robust, you might actually see a guy like a Hertz or a Jones uh, get Yep. more of a chance because yep. they're like, Hey, the, you know, the devil, you know, or you take one of these rookies in a second or third round and, and see what kind of competition you can get. Um, you know, do they try to find some of these veterans uh, to bring in? There's a reason teams are still trading for Joe Flacco. I mean, it's, it's a tough position out there right now. And you have other teams like Pittsburgh who are probably going to be good enough not to bottom out for a quarterback pick, but who definitely have to do something at their position. Yeah, so just like hypothetically running through the list of the names, right? You have Houston that's going to need a quarterback because they're going to trade Watson. Watson's gone, period, right? You know what I mean? Tennessee's going to have to start looking soon. I really feel that way. They're going to have to start looking soon. Okay, so um, Pittsburgh's got a huge decision to make. I, Cleveland's got a huge decision to make. I don't think Tampa gonna, Bay potentially. I mean, Brady looks right. great, but how, yeah, just, there's no guarantee that. Yeah. So you have Denver. Um, what does what does what happens in in? I think Derek Carr's outlook looks a little bit better now with Gruden gone. I feel a little bit more comfortable with him there. But um, and then I mean, looking at Miami, their quarterback situation could open up um, the rest of the AFC. Let's see here: Washington, Philadelphia, the Giants. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Minnesota could be murky. I know Cousins' contract ends in like a year or two. So, and what do they do there if they fire Zimmer? What does that look like for Cousins? You know what I mean? I don't really feel like Zimmer likes Cousins anyway, but that's aside the point. Um, Detroit, obviously, like you said, Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Atlanta, Carolina. Like that whole division could be looking at quarterbacks. You're looking at probably twelve to fourteen teams that over the next year or two are going to be looking at looking at quarterbacks there's not 12 to 14 good quarterbacks in the next two draft classes not yet right you know what I mean? 
we can't speak for another following season because you might see a Joe Burrow come onto the scene. But some of the more recent quarterbacks have him good. Miami's going to live with the decision of drafting Tua over Herbert for the rest of their lives, right? You know, what I mean? it's it's going to be especially that since decision. they tanked, tanked right. for Tua, tanked for Tua. pretty. And, and I and I was on record saying that Tua would not be a good starting quarterback in football. I never thought that. I just feel like he's a very good college quarterback. There's certain guys that don't translate, and he just to me was one of those guys. He's looked good at times. He's, I'm not going to say that he hasn't. But we're also in a league where it's if we draft and you don't do good within the first two years, teams aren't willing to take a chance on. But as you said, a guy like Tua, because he was drafted so high, because this he does have that talent, if Miami just gives up, he's going to get a chance elsewhere, right? When that rumored three-team team trade was, was being chattered about in the NFL where Watson was going to go to Miami, Tua was going to flip and go to Washington, right? Jalen Hurts is going to get another shot at being a quarterback in Philadelphia. Gives up, gives up on him, right? You know, I mean, he's going to get another shot. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down to Houston. I still think that's a possibility if they give up on him in Philadelphia. Daniel Jones has looked decent enough that the Giants might move on, but he might go get to compete for a job, right? You know, what I mean, that's a possibility, right? You know, he might not get a starting job, but he's going to compete for a job, right? So there's options, as you said. There's 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 positions that are going to be open. And the teams that are giving up on players are definitely going to be bringing them into their systems and seeing if they can make them work. There's not, there's maybe, maybe 12 to 14 teams right now set on quarterbacks, um, at least through 2022, right? Past that, we're not, you know, we can't make any projections past that because, you know, teams flip like a, like a dime all the time. But Went a little longer than I expected, but I, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that stuff. I do think that we got quarterback-wise, we're – we're in a whirlwind of events. I think this offseason is going to be a lot of fun because I think there's a lot of questions that could potentially be answered on that grand scheme of things. But with that being said, we are taking a look at our favorite segment of each and every week. All of our segments are our favorites, so that's why I say that. Calm down, everybody listening at home. But the movie corner, uh, right out the gate. We'll keep this one a little short this week just because we, we went a little bit long. But quick thoughts on your new favorite movie of the year, Dune. Yeah, and I did my uh, my review out yesterday. Um, visually, it's incredible. Um, Denny Villeneuve is a fantastic visual storyteller. Um, I thought the performances were okay. Jason Momoa was actually uh, my favorite, which um, is probably the biggest, most shocking moment of 2021 for me so far because he hasn't always been my favorite actor. I really liked what he did in that part. I thought he was one of the more lighthearted and fun things in a movie that is mostly overly somber uh, in tone. Uh, this is the first half of the story. If you, I have not read the books, but I have seen the 1984 David Lynch film, which is an experience. I'll leave it at that. Um, this one lets the story breathe a little bit more was probably easier to follow. That being said, it is an incredibly dense and dry narrative. And I think that is a little bit why I, you know, for me, an emotional connection uh, with characters is really essential to um, raising a film up. And I, I did not feel that while well, I was blown away by some of the filmmaking, the character wasn't enough. I'm still interested to see Dune part two. I didn't hate the film but I, I definitely didn't love it. I think it's a technical masterpiece, but overall it was okay. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, I, 
I, I loved the everything about the film other than the lack of emotions. If they gave me just a little bit of emotion, just a little bit, I might have liked it a little bit more. Um, I, I really... I like Timothy Chalamet in it. I, I know you didn't. I felt like this is easy as best performance, which isn't saying a whole lot. He doesn't have a whole lot of performances that I think that are great. I really did like him in the film. But the one thing that I did appreciate about the film, outside of the technical aspect of things, I, I walked away wanting a sequel, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't mind. Like, for me, when you watch certain films, you're like, I, I hope that never. Like, if I would have walked away and be like, oh, that's getting a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't walk away. Well, see... And I think that's because, so I really thought about this. I don't think, I don't think Timothy Chalamet was bad. I, I guess I didn't mean to convey that, but no, 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 no. so much of this story is built around his character of Paul and Paul's potential to be this prophesied savior. That's what a lot of, a lot of things are built around. And you could argue that the first Star Wars movie, Luke Skywalker's character comes off as a little bit whiny, maybe isn't the hero you want. But by the time you get to the end of the journey, you know, you're willing to go to battle for him. And, and he had fun people around him. I was bummed with what happens to Jason Momoa's character a little bit because you start to see some of the characters that maybe were a little more interesting, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, those guys you know, I haven't read the book, so maybe they miraculously come back, but you're left with the impression that they were they were in this movie, but probably aren't in the future. You don't really get any uh, enough of Zendaya to get any kind of a feel for how she's going to be or what their chemistry is going to be. But a lot of it is predicated on you being invested in Paul. And I actually thought the first version of this film where Kyle MacLachlan was in that role and it was his first big film role, I had a similar problem. Like I wasn't invested in that character per se and if you're not i think that's where you sever the emotional connection and i for me i started to wonder is it the character and the story or is it the person yeah for sure uh also out this week uh colin in black and white i'm interested to see that i really can't wait to check that out on netflix um also uh, army of thieves um, drops tomorrow. I really enjoyed it. I was not a fan of Army of the Dead. I just thought the Army of the Dead was just okay. This is definitely the polar opposite of that film. Like it's the prequel to Army of the Dead, how we got to where we were going with the Army of the Dead. I really enjoyed it. I, I don't think it's a great film by any means, but I did think that it's a good little heist film that's that's easy to enjoy. Um, Last Night in Soho comes out in theaters this weekend. Um, I really, really like two thirds of that movie. And then the third act is just a, abysmal and, and it saves itself just a little bit, but that movie had the chance to be one of the year's best films. And I just, it left a sour taste in my mouth. Um, not a, not a huge fan of how it turned out. Um, that's, I think the big ones coming out this week. Next week is the big week is a huge week huge week uh if you haven't caught a harder they fall that drops on wednesday wednesday this coming up wednesday on the streaming platform netflix there i really like that one if you're a fan of westerns i think that you'll like it um next friday um spencer comes out um i spencer is still one of my favorite movies of the year so i highly it's only coming out in theaters highly recommend checking it out Kristen Stewart gives my favorite performance of the year. 
But then the much-talked-about, very divisive film called The Eternals comes out on Friday. Um, A lot of people don't like this movie, and I am baffled by it because going into the film, I had... I had less expectations for this movie than I did do. Like, I'll be honest. The one thing that I really was excited about is Chloe Zhao. I think she is a breathtaking uh, director, writer, storyteller, visually storytelling, especially with Nomadland. If you watch Nomadland uh, from last year, that's Fox, one of Fox and I's favorite films, one of our favorite films of, of, of last year. Obviously, one best picture and one director and stuff like that. It's one of our favorite films for a reason. She took a very uh, interesting story and gave it a lot of heart. It, it was very simplistic in some aspects, but she told the story in a way that was just beautifully crafted. And I felt that. Everything that the people that love Dune, that claim to feel from Dune, I felt from Eternals. I feel like it's the most grounded story that we've ever seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I say it's the best made Marvel movie of all time. It's not my favorite of all time. It's the best made Marvel movie of all time. I just feel like everything about it is really good. It's very divisive. A lot of people are just, it's got a very terrible Rotten Tomato score right now already. But defy those odds. Go see this film with an open mind because the direction's great. The performances are great. And at the end of the day, I don't read comic books and I don't read books. The biggest difference that I felt in Dune, I felt like Dune was made for the people that read the book. And I felt like Eternals was made for everybody. And to me, you have to, you have to make a film. If you're adapting a film from a book, you have to go into it knowing that there's going to be a certain percentage of your audience that has not read the book. So you have to please both sides. And I, I know that's hard, right? But when you have a spectacle like Dune, you need to be able to reel in your average audience on top of the book fans. And I feel the same way about comic books. I don't know anything about any of these comic book characters outside of what's presented to me. So whatever's presented to me, that's what I love. So if I like it, I'm going to relate to it. And the story within the Eternals is multifaceted. It's, it's representation, which is beautiful. The representation in it reminds me of what people felt with Black Panther. The representation is going to matter to individuals, little boys, little girls across the world watching this film. But at the end of the day, it has heart. And I, and I, and I loved the story within the story within the story. There's a lot of introduction to a lot of different characters, but it worked for me. I loved every moment of it. So go see plus, Eternals. Plus Jon Snow gets to be back with his brother, Rob. Well, the funny thing about it is, one of the funny things is, is and this is not a spoiler because you see it in the trailer, but listening to him say, I love Cersei in the movie is very weird, right? You know what I mean? Like that's just, it was weird to me just listening to that, right? You know what I mean? It's just funny to me listening to him say that throughout the entirety, like through in, in the film at all. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you're a Game of Thrones fan, you'll get the reference whenever you see it, but everybody's fantastic in the film. Richard Madden, he gives a damn good performance in this movie. Like I loved his character. I love the arcs of some of his character. Kumel is, uh, is amazing. I could just go on and on about this film. We got a podcast releasing on Sunday. Uh, where Jacob and I reviewed the movie, and it was nice to be on the opposite. Normally, typically, Jacob's the one that loves and I hate a film, but 
we we talked for 20, 20, 25 minutes, and and I'll tell you how much I love the Eternals. The Eternals is one of my top five movies of all time inside the MCU. That's how much I love the Eternals. It really is. I think I have it at two or three, all time. And well, it'd be fun. To, you know, you and I tend to be similar. You and I were similar on Dune, where um, you know Amanda and Jacob were on the other end, and they were similar on Eternals. Be funny yeah. if we end up. Then we're gonna have to have an Eternals versus Dune. Oh, God. Again, this is the conversation. This is for me. This is the conversation. Dune, no emotion. Eternals, emotion. Book closed. So um, yeah. So that with that being said, um, guys, there's 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 loads of content out there um, to watch. Oh, what did I? Yes, um, and if like, like me, you are a purveyor of Hallmark Christmas movies. They came back in earnest last weekend. My wife. Um, big on the Hallmark Christmas movie train. I will be doing, uh, when I when I put out my weekly film reviews, which I do uh, on Wednesdays, I will be having my Hallmark movie uh, corner. Sometimes they're not good. Sometimes they're entertaining. Sometimes they have a flaw that pisses me off so much that I have to live tweet, which is what happened a few years ago when they couldn't bother to consult Google Maps and set up a location in Colorado talking about Littleton being a four-hour drive up the mountain from Denver when actually it's a 20-minute suburb to the south. Um you know, sometimes it will set me off, and I have lots to say. This week, uh, pretty decent uh, films. We got perhaps the final um, Hallmark Christmas movie from Miss Winnie Cooper herself, Danica McKellar, um, called You, Me, and the Christmas Trees, about an arborist that falls in love with a farmer. There are worse ways to spend a Saturday night, especially in the heart of football season and award season when you're trying to maintain a marital relationship. I, uh, yeah, I, I've got nothing to say to that. I've got nothing to say to that. Uh, also dropping on Wednesday is Finch. Um, Tom Hanks. Friday. Friday. No. Sorry. Friday is Finch. Um, I have seen it. I can't say anything other than this about it. And those of you at home, my thumbs up. So I enjoyed it. Um, but that's all I can really say about that. So I don't want to get in trouble because my review of it will drop on Tuesday. Um, but very excited to see what people think about that. If you like Tom Hanks acting at a wall or a robot, then, you know, it's no different than any of those other movies. But it's like I am legend and Chappie, except for in castaway terms. So with that being said, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the other shows on the Drive-In Podcast Network from the Uncut Podcast Show, the wrestling show, our latest addition to the Drive-In Podcast Network, Film Optics, 50 Years of Music, the Now Showing Podcast, and of course, the Music City Drive-In where you can check out Matthew Fox and I's latest work in the world of film, sports, and entertainment, and any other thing that we want to talk about, and Hallmark specials. So we'll talk to you guys later. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.